Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. Uh, we are here today to put the. I so I thought of one. What is it? Because I was getting ready like three weeks ago, and I was like, I bet Summer is not going to think about this. Thank you. So Thank I'm you. like, what if I just think of one really quick? That way, if she doesn't, we have one. So we're here to put the her in conference. Conference. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I was about to say reform con. <laughs> we're about we're here to put the there was a some f- word in reform con <laughs> i just bought a sandwich at starbucks and there was a fly in it oh <laughs> that's how my day is going oh no there was a fly in my sandwich on my way in right here across the street how did you discover the fly it looked were me in the eyeball bu- <laughs> okay it was like this in but the you cheese. saw it before <laughs> yeah it's like this in the cheese. Oh no! <laughs> it's like looking right at me. <laughs> I was like, uh. So I took a picture of it. <laughs> Why? To send to Starbucks. <laughs> Dear Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, I maybe used a to, tweet. I used to work there. Yeah. But anyway, I so they know you. <laughs> I don't have Howard Schultz's number or anything. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, I just thought I should let you know. I did find a fly in a sandwich today. So anyway, the fly is like this in my cheese. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like, like on a piece of fly paper, like stuck. Yeah. And I was just like, well, and I don't know why. I took a picture of it and I was like, this is a bummer. And now I'm late for Reform Con. So Luckily, the sandwich wasn't even worth it. The sandwich wasn't even room. worth it. Yeah. I guess maybe if you were like a spider, <laughs> you'd be happy about that. <laughs> The spider that lives in my car. Yeah, we've just been eating my sandwich right now. I just thought of that because we've been watching a lot of Charlotte's Web. Why? That is the saddest. (laughs) Why would you? That's like watching Old Yeller every day. No, he lives in the end. But I mean, I guess Charlotte dies. Charlotte dies. But she sacrifices her life. Georgia goes through that every day. Yeah, it's a very. um, It is a. It's. I mean, it's like cinematically it's a beautiful movie and the animation the is one. beautiful yeah um, um i've never been able to watch but it yeah again. there's a few there's a few songs even where um they're like rather intense and emotional you watch charlotte's web every day i would <laughs> not be, every day but I would just be a in lot bed crying <laughs> it's like my daily routine was and wake up we, watch charlotte's web. well and you know how when they go to this the fair and there's like the the quartet. No, because I've this. watched it once. <laughs> so we <laughs> because get, that was enough. We get this, this like this quartet song about Zuckerman's famous pig stuck in our <laughs> head. So we're just like, that's like what we're always singing in our house. That is dark. Mm-hmm. Like what you're telling me right now is dark. <laughs> I watched Old Yeller for the first time in like twenty I haven't years. Seen Old Yeller in yeah. No, it forever. It, it's horribly. I mean, it starts with the the hogs. Kids used are to be hogs? able. Kids Havalina? used to be able to handle what more. What are they, Gabe? The peccary? wild pigs. What? Peccary. 
that's a type of wild pig, I believe. Well, it starts with them like goring the little brother, and I'm just like watching it. <laughs> oh, like, I didn't even know. That? No, the boy, the older boy, like protects the younger one. Anyway, everybody's getting hurt, and then he has to kill his own dog in the end. And I'm watching this with my son, and I. I like introduced it to him as this like classic, wonderful, uplifting tale. And as I'm watching it, I'm just like, this is not a classical, wonderful, uplifting tale. This is sad. (laughs) I think kids just used to be able to handle more maybe. And then especially any like any farm life movies that were made before 1990 are like, it's farm life. Yeah. Like things die. Everybody's dying. Which actually... Just like Charlotte's Web. <laughs> which actually uh, makes me think of a story that kind of leads into our topic oh. a little bit. Okay. Um, but... Uh, oh, hi. My husband's watching us. Um, oh, okay. And I'm about to tell a story about him, too. Perfect timing. So, um, Welcome to the live podcast. <laughs> so I've, I've been writing down uh, little notes... Uh, like, obviously, this is our reform con show, but I've been keeping this little note section. Yeah. Um, for just, I'm like, when we get back to record a few episodes in December. Yeah. Like, I'm going to need some things to so say. I have so many things I need to about talk things. to you about. <laughs> yes. And so this was one of the things that I wrote in there. And I was like, I think it'll be perfect for the reform con show. But um, so Georgia, for her birthday, she got these little, like, you know, the like little houses or cars or bakeries and then they come with like little animals yeah there's a bunch of brands but they're super popular so she got she got this house and car and it's a little bunny family and then she got this bakery set that um i'm pretty sure uh candy and imogen got that the bakery set for her and it has little foxes in it and um so my husband and Georgia will play with these, but it's so funny because um, he'll like, <laughs> he makes the foxes like chase the bunnies around <laughs> because obviously in nature, those Best. two would not just be like, want to come to my bakery? Besties? <laughs> and so she, although I feel like in some really great literature, they're besties. Yeah, it's We're, true. You know, thinking of like Narnia, yeah. Redwall, mm-hmm. the woodland creatures can get along, Matthew. Right. <laughs> I'm well, just but, saying. <laughs> well, so it's so funny because because it's this bunny mom and these two little bunny babies and then this fox family. And so he takes the fox and like chases the bunny around. And Georgia's saying things like, no, don't eat my babies and stuff. And I'm just like, no woman would ever initiate this game. Never. No, no. Never. It would never occur to me to be like, no, this fox yes. wants to eat the bunny. Yes. I was Seriously. thinking about I'm so I'm like doing dishes or whatever, listening to Georgia go, "Don't hurt my babies," <laughs> and then I'm just like, "But what an important lesson to learn!" Yeah, that I, if the world was only full of moms raising kids, would never introduce. Yeah, and I'm like, so now we're at this this crossroads in our culture where people don't know to protect their babies, and and that's not. That's obvious. There's like there's themes of like violence and death that somehow a father knows how to gently introduce. Yeah. And a mom, I mean, either would never bring it up or wouldn't know how to. Right. uh, You know, I'd probably be like, well, you know, sometimes things aren't alive anymore or, you know, whatever, however we do that in our very gentle way, which is totally necessary, too. But I don't know. It just made me think like 
what an important lesson. Right. And then dads just have this ability to introduce these things in this non-traumatizing way. Well, I was reading the other day. And when I say that, that could mean like I saw an Insta or watched a TikTok. You'll never know. But I (laughs) heard the other day (laughs) that uh, is similar. Like there's an actual science scientific study that was done on why like what dads do when they're playing with small infants versus what moms do and it was so interesting because what they noticed was that what dads would do that moms wouldn't is actually really important I would argue you need both dads and moms right but the important thing that dads innately do that moms didn't is dads will change up the game with the infants more often than the mom. So they'll be playing a game. So the mom kind of follows the kid's lead the and mom, then the dad. Well, cause what happens is when the dad changes up the game, the kid fusses a bit at first okay. because they're like having to like change it up. Right. And Especially that's young, uncomfortable. They want to right. play so a the certain moms way. won't do that. Because okay. they want the baby to feel comforted and mm-hmm. safe and they don't want the fussing. But the dads, they get bored. Right. And they'll change it up. And so then the kids will have to learn how to be a little bit more malleable right. to the changing, like a new game. Like we were playing this game. Now we're going to do this. Right. And you, you didn't totally get your way. And now you're still having fun. Yes. Like and, it wasn't the end of the world. Right. <laughs> and well, that made me laugh because obviously the last seven weeks we've had a newborn in the house right and so we've had the fun time of like my husband and I learning this baby and how we're going to take care of this baby and what this is going to look like in this home when we have four other kids and there are times when my husband will be like you know like he'll he'll be like you know what I think he's fussing because he has gas like let me take him Mm -hmm. because I am much less inclined to like make the baby uncomfortable. To, right, right. To right. get the gas out. Yeah. Whereas my husband's like, I'll just go do it. Like, I got this. And I'm like, this is great because yeah. I don't want to do it. Right. And I don't want to change up the game and I don't want to hear the baby crying. The crying, yeah, has I don't, a different like, effect it hurts on me. you yeah. than dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about that too, but obviously, like, it's just funny that you've been seeing it in your toddler yeah but it starts right away oh yeah with infants completely but I would argue that like obviously Georgia needs you and Matthew right and Ransom needs me and my husband right but we just bring such different things to the table and I think it's a tragedy um when moms don't let the dads do that yeah like you can't get in the way of that right because it's supposed to be there right like Like, it's built in she can't handle the concept that a fox will absolutely eat a rabbit well, if it needs to. Well, if she to. can handle Charlotte's <laughs> Web, my word. What can't this girl handle? I can't handle She's Charlotte's really tough. Web. She's really tough. She's seen some... Like, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Well, so yeah. So I guess like it kind of takes us to the topic that yeah. I guess we unofficially decided, which is that um, women kind of women just run everything now we're in charge of deciding what's psychologically appropriate what's developmentally appropriate educationally we sort of set the tone Mm -hmm. for everything um because we've well classified ourselves as this marginalized group 
right. in order to, it's like, so we were marginalized. Now you have to give us this extra voice right? and we need to be in control of everything. And so I think that um, really in, I mean, pretty much in every avenue you're seeing um, women coming in and just taking over because they have this little secret, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this little secret thing in our back pocket, which is like, are you oppressing me right now? Because right. I'll tell everybody that you're oppressing me. And right. so, um, or even sometimes it's not as blatant as that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I think we should do things this way. And mm-hmm. then obviously we've just slowly seen this shift in our culture to where everything is would much you, more. Are you, would you say, I mean, do we even have to make the argument <laughs> that we are a gynocracy that essentially as a culture, we expect fem- we, we prefer female values and dispositions over male ones. Yeah. I think that um, it's gotten a lot worse, but at the same time, we're just seeing the application of mm-hmm. a lot of things that were happening when we were young, like, um, you know, just like beh- behind every yeah we're recording an episode say hey. hi say hi <laughs> hey it's pastor jeff hey texas is south hey <laughs> jeffrey and then he runs away and then, runs and then away. he runs away runs away <laughs> anyway um i was thinking as i was mulling over this topic just like behind every great man there is a woman mm. a great woman you know which mm-hmm. obviously duh totally true mm-hmm. um and even just when we observe like the traditional role and value like values of women those are all very important and they absolutely make men better yeah but i saw this tweet the other day that was basically like um i think where we're leaning is that like men are inherently flawed because of the patriarchy because of their women right and Mm -hmm. and women and um in all of our wisdom mm-hmm. and superiority, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe we've learned from being marginalized for so long. <laughs> yeah, because the oppressed um, have more right. inherent knowledge. Yeah. But, and so, like, it's basically our, become our job to, like, transform, like, for fighting the patriarchy. That means it's, it's women's job to come in with all of our sensibilities mm-hmm. and transform men into Mm -hmm. this better version of Mm -hmm. what they might be. And what you, what you really end up seeing is a bunch of women shoehorning themselves in and totally ignoring men, Mm -hmm. men abdicating. And, um, and you just, you, it's almost like, I don't know that I've lived in a time where that wasn't normal, the case. Yeah. So, in a way it takes like extra, it takes some extra thinking Yeah, for me to recognize that. Cause the groundwork was kind of laid before right. we were born. So it wasn't yeah. quite as, you know, I think today is more of a, a like that goal achieved yeah. than it was when we were growing up. But even when we were growing up, there was, it was all, you know, just lots of like female empowerment. And it really, I think the picture that was painted was kind of like, you know, what's wrong with the world? Nobody's listening to women enough. Yeah. Oh, well, that's absolutely still the story. Yeah. Um, you will read all the time that there would be no sexual abuse if women were in power. Um, I read that this morning. That's a common argument 
um, on the left is that essentially because men are in power, that's why sexual abuse happens. Um, and I read that from Christians and I actually read someone today saying that, you know, you can't possibly believe that there's a gynocracy when there's so much sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist convention. That's the argument essentially is that if women were in power, that these horrible travesties would never happen. But what I find interesting is that women lead in academia and there's no more sexual abuse happening anywhere than in the public schools right now. Just statistically, right. if you want to look at an institution that has the most incidences of child sexual abuse, it's public schools. And that is that is irrefutable. Right. Well, even even just women offending in any sort of way criminally Mm-hmm. has only increased mm-hmm. the more we're fighting the patriarchy the more we see women yeah. going to prison and jail and right um i mean even like you said right assault and um, well i don't know what that and that assumption essentially i think leaves out a doctrine of man that uh you would think with more and more women coming into positions of authority that the discussion about sexual abuse would have a decreasing need, but the story is there's an increasing need. Right. So that's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's irrational. It's irrelevant to what's actually happening and it doesn't further the discussion. But I would argue essentially that wherever you see women statistically becoming more and more in roles of leadership, you find those institutions going uh, woke. And the reason that is, is because, well, number one, like you were kind of talking about, about our lifespans, about how like in our lifespan, we've never really seen anything different. Yeah. But I would argue like if you just zoom out even a little bit further, just the idea of like men and women in the workplace together, um, is a fairly modern concept. Absolutely. So whereas, you know, 120 years ago, if there were men and women in the workplace, we're talking families, we're talking husbands, wives, a household being productive and producing its own. That was the men and women in the workplace. Now you have men and women in the workplace, just complete strangers, people that are hired to work for strangers. And we're all in the mix together. And this is a relatively new phenomenon. And it's so interesting that we think we should know how it should go. Like we know the ideal of what this very new phenomenon should look like. Um, And really it's a gamble. Like we're still working out the kinks. And so far all we've really got is like, well, equality, right? (laughs) If we're all going to be in the same workplace equal and all in the public square, we should all just be treated as the equals, same. right? But then that that hasn't Does, that's actually not the desire. Nobody uh, seems happy right. with it. Well, and it hasn't that's all we've been doing for the past 30 years. Yeah. And yet we're still having problems with sexual harassment and um uh, apparently wage gaps <laughs> and like all these things that that um women have been like championing for 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 decades and it's right. like so are you saying you have been doing a really bad job because all those things are still happening? Well, and if you think back just 40 years or 50 years to something like the 60s, in those workplace environments where men and women working together, the women typically did have more, there was more of a gendered look to those workplaces. The women were the secretaries, right. the men were doing the other things. And 
the women weren't happy with that. And so we've been trying to change how that looks for so long. And it just doesn't seem like anybody's happy with it. It doesn't seem like anybody likes it. But the idea that most people have, whether they've said it or not, is that if women were in charge then everything would be peaceful. Right. It's the men being in charge that's the problem. Yeah, because women have this higher emotional... Intelligence. Intelligence. And so they would be better equipped to handle like interpersonal, like Mm -hmm. inter-office, interpersonal relationships, Mm -hmm. um, how to treat one another, Mm -hmm. because men are just dumb when it comes to that and they don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it would be better. And, you know, even just like even outside of the workplace, I think of even in um, like the field of psychology and especially child development. Mm-hmm. Um, what women have totally just put their stamp on those arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's how we I mean, we see this this um, this surge of things like gentle parenting don't don't discipline your children um your child is not actually sinning or even being disobedient um they are just tired hungry yeah their emotions are um you know (laughs) they are this list of things um (laughs) i mean seriously if you just like spent some time on social media you would be you would be diagnosed with autism adhd past traumas like every time I get on social media I find out that I exude some kind of sign of a problem that I've never been diagnosed with it's just like oh that's a sign like putting your arm a certain way is a sign that you have autism like I have autism that is totally what's happening right now it's the Sumters oh hello hi (laughs) good I mean we're live but I had to say hi yeah congratulations on that new baby thank you Heather Wilson in particular says to tell you congratulations I love her so much good okay (laughs) thanks we'll see you around this is fun um anyway I know it's fun to kind of snag people what were you just saying um, that every time I get on social media, I find out oh, I'm yeah. autistic. Yeah. So according that's the to thing. social Me media, too, totally, because I like <laughs> cannot, I get so behind on my laundry and I'm so glad there's just a built in physiological excuse <laughs> happening. Yes. Um, the which, reason that I've been in a bad mood today about my dishes is actually because of some past trauma that I haven't like worked out of my hips in a certain yoga position right. was what I found out the other yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was like, listen, Eric, the problem is I haven't done my 50 minutes of yoga today. Right. Which, and you know, it's not, <laughs> it's undeniable that we face certain challenges as a culture and I think that um especially as we learn more about the brain and um uh I think it makes sense that we're trying to come up with answers and of course there's plenty of you know I I said autism jokingly right meaning sort of more like neurodivergence and all that we made our point but and so uh the point is not that any of those things are real it's just that I really I think it's obvious that we are struggling to um, sort of create. uh, We are struggling to we are struggling to be in touch with reality. Oh, yeah. To the point where we are. And I really think that's that's a very female thing. Um, 
trying to figure out the source mm-hmm. or the reason, which can be so helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you're trying to kill your sin, it's like, right. why am I doing, why am I sinning in that way? What's assisting in that sin? That's great. The source is so helpful, but we have the, this, this imprint, the gynocracy. Um, we are, I mean, it's just, it's, I do, I think there's some collapse mm-hmm. happening. Um, we can't we can't blame everyone else for what's going on mm-hmm. forever. Well, and I mean if you just look at the pulpit too, like discussing women's sin is just something that it will it elicits a different reaction. Right. Everyone's totally comfortable saying that men are sinners. Right. But if you want to talk about women sinning, it's like immediately offensive to the modern ear. Break out your list of exception reasons why you're the exception yeah. to that. So I the what aboutism is right. I know that my pastor said that gossiping is a sin from the pulpit, but I want to tell you why. It's actually right. he wasn't actually talking about me and why right. my gossip is not a sin. Right. And it's because of the source. The source. Here's my source. Here's my reason. Here's right. my this and that. And that is very um you know, like that's not um again, not in it's not inherently bad to right. explore uh the reasons maybe why you do certain things, but we have just become obsessed and you cannot convince me that it's not because of, um, uh, you know, to use the word we're using, gynocracy. Yeah. The the female impact on culture and society and just this constant, like, trying to anticipate how people are feeling and never right. elicit certain feelings. And it's just very, um, like, for all of our touting our emotional intelligence, um, there's a lot. I, and I think that women, you know, women excel emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that the downfall of some emotional intelligence is that it b- very quickly becomes manipulation Yeah, where you're trying to tell other people how to feel. I just, when I try to think about like what the solution is, because obviously I do believe that men and women should work together in society to build something. I just don't, number one, has anybody ever thought to ask like, should this even be happening? Should we be so worried about men and women in the workplace? Right. Um, is it, is this ideal that you've just, you've grown, we, we, our generation has grown up believing the ideal is that men and women have equal opportunities in every area ever. Right. That's the thing that we have been sold. That is what we have been told to believe without ever questioning. And so it's like, have we ever thought about that? Yeah, at what like all of our post enlightenment philosophers that, that have so influenced our thinking, like like we we haven't even we haven't even come close to just being like maybe that's not right. <laughs> we've just accepted it. Well, and just maybe the whole we just we've assumed the whole model of how the workplace is right now is all that it is. No, I think that's huge. I think what you're really touching on there is what is what is equality? Yeah. What does that look like? How did God design right. this earth for men and women right. to live on it? And we've accepted one narrative that's that hates God. Well, that and it's it would just, what, prefer we're, and it's just what we're used to. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it, we're used to the secular humanistic society. And so what I want to think through is, okay, what would be a, what would be a better way if, if you and I had to envision 
obviously we wouldn't want a gynocracy and then a lot of what people believe the patriarchy is wouldn't even fit in our definitions either. And you and I don't have problems with women having jobs or women in the workplace or things like that. I think ultimately what we're up against is just that there is always going to be in a sinful world, this conflict between men and women where what is, what is the sin that Adam was guilty of in the fall? Well, there was multiple, but one is that he was passive. Right. And then another one that what was Eve's, she usurped authority. And she was vulnerable to lies. So when we look out into <laughs> the world and we see women are attempting to usurp authority and be vulnerable to lies and the men are being passive. Are we like, isn't this tale as old as time? Isn't literally. This, like, like literally <laughs> isn't this, haven't we been watching these kinds haven't we of been doing this from the beginning <laughs> standard sins from the beginning. And, uh, I'm not meaning to get into, uh, patriarchy or anything like that I just think it's interesting to think about the impact have we questioned the impact of women becoming statistically more in charge of things as opposed to men have we questioned at all the fact that our nation has changed drastically since women became the largest voting block right have we thought about what the impact this has had on society and have we ever questioned like, oh, this is just how it is. Right. Um, yeah, I think to some extent, which, I mean, we've talked about this before, that sort of goes back to that evolutionary model um, where we sort of inherently think that because we are the most recent addition of human yeah. and we know the most mm-hmm. um, that our conclusions and observations are... We're the peak. Right. And so it's never been these more are the peak issues than, we got to tackle... <laughs> Um, even though a lot of what we're seeing it has just Marxist roots, which <laughs> Karl Marx is not particularly modern. <laughs> um, and maybe that's another, uh, I mean, that's another shortcoming of our culture is that we failed to really understand um, what humans are, what knowledge is, what right. anything immaterial really is, right. um, what history has led us to the point we're at. And um and it's made us rather foolish. Like we, well, I always just think of, um, sophomore wise fool, mm-hmm. meaning wise fool. Mm-hmm. And just what a sophomoric bunch mm-hmm. we are. Like we have all this knowledge, mm-hmm. basically all the knowledge and mm-hmm. we have no ability to mm-hmm. really use it. And I just, I think at the, if I could recommend anything, to someone who's thinking through these issues is that ultimately like the question that you're asking is one of what is, if you're thinking, okay, I don't want to be guilty of, <laughs> of propping up the matriarchy. <laughs> um, what kind of culture do you want to build? I think that ultimately you have to go back to the garden and what kind of culture are you building that honors the Lord? Right. And you can build a culture in your workplace that honors the Lord. You should be actively working on building a culture in your home that honors the Lord. And that's going to look different for your situation, single, married, kids, no kids. Um, But ultimately, I think it's undeniable that we're living in a world that is so upside down 
that we want the women to act like men. We want the men to be passive. And that's something that we should be rooting out in our own lives. And yeah. if that's something that we're laying down in our family culture, if you were not yeah. going to allow Matthew to play the fox chasing the bunny game, mm-hmm. that it starts at home with recognizing those moments right. and not, not doing that. Yeah. Cause there is this, there is a, I think for Christian women, there is the, a journey that's like, okay, so being submissive doesn't just mean being passive. Like it doesn't just mean acting like Adam did in the garden. Amen. That was <laughs> um, simple. But I think that sometimes that's what we think, like, because we've been trained, um, like women are too overbearing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're too much of this. Mm-hmm. So the proper response would be to just like dial it way back. But even that's not right. Um, that's not right. And, and there's right. definitely just a working out for women of just working out what femininity yeah. looks like and practicing that. And yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I have something I've been dying to talk to you about. Oh, okay. Just real quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, something I've really become convicted of the last seven weeks. Like oh. since we last recorded, I did not have this conviction and I totally believe it now, which is that products that are strongly scented are meant to hide the fact that the thing is dirty. So here's what I mean. So here's what I mean. Okay. So, you know, those like tablets that you can like put in the back of your toilet oh, yeah, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. supposed to like make your toilet clean and yeah, smell they nice. like, it's like in the water, the toilet okay. water. So if it's you constantly... just clean your toilet, that's not necessary. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like if your kitchen smells bad, it's probably because there's something dirty. Right. It's because like piles of ground beef are behind your stove, which I know is what's happening to my stove right yeah. now, which is why I thought about it. No, the it. other day I um I cracked an egg like yeah. directly into the pan, but the shell was you know how sometimes you get one with like a real thin shell, so yes, it cracks way easier. So I it um I cracked it and it surprised me and like fell onto the counter, but like right on the gap where the counter and the oven connect. And yeah. because of the consistency yeah. of an egg, it just like, it just like sucked it down. And I was like, <laughs> what do gone. I do? I was like, it's right. gone. Right. I couldn't even stop it's it. Go- I know. There's I've a- like flushed it with a lot of water. And I know. Stuff. There hasn't been a smell. So I'm, I'm exactly. I think I got so it. So what I'm saying <laughs> is I remember in my twenties when I was young and fun, you know, I wanted all the wall plugins and I yeah. wanted my house to smell a certain way. And what I've really begun appreciating in my thirties and with a newborn is that if things are just clean, there's nothing to cover up. Right. There's no like special scent that yeah. you need. Like Remember all the Febreze commercials mm-hmm. from when we were kids? Yeah. What were they spraying? They were going into their son's filthy room with all the gym socks and they were spraying Febreze. Right. Well, and the, the argument was that there was some sort of like technology in the Febreze <laughs> <laughs> that like gets rid of the odor molecules. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're spraying some Febreze? scientist message us and tell us if that's true. How about you just run the laundry? Like the smell will be gone. How about it's time for your teenage son to start doing his own laundry? How about (laughs) he takes a shower? How about this is not the gynocracy. The idea here (laughs) is that 
what I'm saying is all these strongly scented products, mm-hmm. you're only using them instead of cleaning. Right. Like that's what it I mean, is. Strongly, I like strongly scented products, cologne, all that stuff cologne, is an insta, insta headache for me. So I've always been a very I know. unscented, fragrance free type of person. Well, and you've pulled me that direction because I used to always have, I would always have to have a scent like, mm-hmm. oh, this is my scent. Right. And I'm like, I'm hanging out with Joy today. Like I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, I could just like not smell like something. Right. How about I just don't have a smell? We had we had a neighbor <laughs> we had a neighbor move in downstairs. So we have a new neighbor and um they the detergent they use. You can smell it. It like yeah. because our laundry rooms are probably connected in some right. way, shape, or form. Of course. Their 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 detergent or softener scent. Um, yeah. just like pumps into our house. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's poison. It's poison, everybody. I know. Go unscented. Go fragrance free. It's not 100%. That's essential just kind oils. of my new Go thing. Is essential I'm just oils like, are great. They smell wonderful. Just clean really well. Yeah, that too. And you don't have to worry about hiding horrible smells. Right. Like your, your house bathroom is not a public restroom. Well, and I think some people just think that it's pleasant to yeah. have the the extra smell, yeah, which is fine, which you know, the candle and everything. I but I think the more time, just my personal experience, the more time I spend away from scents, the more I'm just like, yeah, it's still. No, I think there are certain products like Febreze, oh yeah, and the toilet tablets that are specifically designed for you to not have to clean. Right, it's just a masking effect. Yes. And the mask is honestly more horrible than the underlying smell. I agree. A lot of the time, I agree. Is what I'm. Arguing. You're totally right. Okay. <laughs> I knew I was right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you can leave us a voicemail. Is that where we're at? I don't remember I how to so. do this. Okay. I think so. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. The other day I had to call and leave my number on a voicemail line because I needed them to call me back. And you almost left the Sheologian's voicemail? Literally did not know my phone number. <laughs> I knew well, the voicemail number, but you I was sitting excuse. there like... and. So I'm now, this voicemail is recording. Like I'm recording a voicemail so for a this office. of this enormous brain fart. <laughs> so like their, their message specifically said, leave us a message, tell us your name, number, blah, blah, blah. We'll call you back. So I'm like doing all this. And then I get to the part where I need to leave my phone number. And I am like, I don't know my phone number. <laughs> you said that? Yeah. Well, they probably have some sort of like caller ID or something. That's what I. That's what I said. I was like, I really hope you're you calling have... your midwife's office or like anything. It was it was Arizona Breastfeeding okay. Center because so I needed they, to get they at least understand. Ties okay, yep. I'm telling them like they know I have a five week old at this mm-hmm. point, and so I'm I leave this voicemail and I'm like, I hope you guys have caller ID. <laughs> I'll call you back later. <laughs> so I call, when I remember my phone number, <laughs> I call back later. I give the I I make the appointment with the lady and I said to the lady. My name's Summer Yeager. And she was like, oh, I loved your voicemail. (laughs) Unforgettable, idiot. (laughs) She didn't say that. She was very nice to me, but I really could not remember my phone number. She was like, you have a five-week-old with a lip tie that needs revised, so obviously you forgot your phone number. (laughs) Oh, it was so bad. Anyway... I did. I what was funny was I really wanted to give her the Sheologian's voicemail because I remembered that number. You would have eventually probably gotten. Oh to no, it. I didn't. I fumbled. <laughs> I was. I was like, it'll come to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you remembered your name. I remember. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to leave my home address. Anyway, all right. Well, 
<laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. This has been fun. I'm going to go see what my dad is up to. Um, yeah. Well, and some people... And I can't wait to go home and see my baby. Right. That's yeah. where I'm but at. But some of you listening to this may actually be here... Yeah, that's fun. ...right now. But when this comes out, I don't... I what don't would know. a Logan's episode be if I didn't <laughs> if we include a timeline. confusing timeline? Okay, guys. That's it. See you next week. See ya. See ya.